say? I'm not sure. <laughs> Love that voice Talk Radio. Okay. okay, it'll be easy. Just follow my lead. And we have okay. voice to Child Abuse Now show, and this is scan number 3075, that's 3075, okay, 3075, and uh, tonight we're going to have a very, very uh, interesting guest, and um, she's going to tell her story, and I have her bio right in front of me, I don't like reading the bios because I want her to tell her story her way, okay, Um, but what I will do is talk about our mission statement, we do that first. And uh, we have a singleness of purpose at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault. Um, Presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. And it does a lot more than you even realize. I could have a show on that. Okay. (laughs) Offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Prevention is something I usually zero in, and I have a reason for that. I think if we were more uh, involved with our children in the right way, assuming that the household is in order, no dysfunction, the uh, the parents should be speaking more to their children about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay, what's out there? Because that's what we're dealing with, and even more so today. The red flags are right on our NASCA website. That's uh, N-A-A-S-C-A dot org, NASCA dot org. And if you go all the way over to the right-hand side, it's uh, second from the last, it will speak about prevention, intervention, and recovery, and also to how to speak to your children. So often parents are bashful about speaking to their children about child abuse and certainly about sexuality and and their their body parts and all this other stuff. Children can pick up on that. And God forbid, if your child is abused, they're not going to come to you, okay? They'll go to someone else. Chances are that they won't come to you because they see how you are handling the ideas of, of speaking to them. So... We have to do more than teaching them how to uh, cross the street or the boogeyman or the lady <laughs> that might come out from behind the bush to offer them candy and then do naughty things. See, that's the way people talk to their kids. That doesn't tell them anything. Naughty can be anything, okay? So we, as a society, have to learn how to speak to our children and just maybe, maybe 
it'll help bring the stats down a little bit because an educated child many times is a safer child. Okay. So whoever's doing click, click, clang, clang, don't do that. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Um, our, um, if you burp, I'll hear you, okay? <laughs> That's the way it is. Oh, boy. So tonight we have um, Erika Ortiz, uh, how do you say last name? Seifert? Seifert. 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 Yes. Okay, well, I didn't hit any of those. Okay, what? Well, anyway, she's, <laughs> okay. she, she's from Hermeretta, uh, Georgia. She's a survivor of childhood sexual abuse by a religious cult that her biological mother was and still is a part of. Oh, boy. Now, I'm not going to say any more yeah. than that because I want her to really, really talk about what happened to her. And uh, at times, we, we do have Bill on the line, too. He is the founder. I'm the vice president. I'm Carol Levine, and, and and Bill is out there in California. He's the president, like I said, and he will come in if he wants to from time to time. He's working in the background. So I'm going to leave okay. his mic open if he wants to say anything. He certainly can. So anyway, um, why don't you start by telling your story? This is quite a story. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. First of all, I want to mm-hmm. thank you for giving me the space to even, you know, be heard because, you know, time goes by and sometimes we think we're healed <laughs> and then something mm-hmm. comes up and it triggers and you're not really healed all the way and you figure that you never really had a chance or opportunity to speak your truth, to be heard. Mm-hmm. So I really mm-hmm. appreciate this uh, space for doing that. And uh, so I will start my story. Uh, I am currently 38 years old. And my abuse started when I was about four or five years old. And it came from someone close, you know, someone in the clergy. And, uh, yes, my mother to this day still belongs to this cult. Uh, I will speak about more of that later. But, uh, yeah, it started, you know, they take advantage of the fact that they're supposed to be people you go to for guidance or anything. And my mother at the time was a single mom. You know, my dad wasn't around. And she was working three jobs, uh, going to church all the time. Her life consisted of this church. And us Mm -hmm. children were forced into it, you know. We had to be there. We had to go with her. Um, So anything they guided her in, that's what she did. And unfortunately, you know, my abuse, uh, it was going on for about a year, almost two years straight, and nobody knew. I didn't tell anybody. Um, When I finally came out and said something, it was because, as a child, you know, five, as first grade, second grade. And I was so confused about what was going on with me and scared. And I just didn't know who to trust. It was, you know, I was being molested. I was being sexually abused uh, by the same person. And um, I was never spoken to about the dangers of people, even if it was people that, you know, your family is friends with, even if it's people that you see on a daily. And because we had to go to this church every day, almost twice, three times a day, it was somebody that was constantly in our circle. And I was exposed to this person, and this person was able to come into my home. And, you know, that was confusing because thinking my mother is a figure that's supposed to be protecting me and keeping harm from me, but she's kind of bringing this around. Like, how am I supposed to trust her? How do I trust any adult? You know, these are people that are supposed to be looking out for children. Um, but, you know, it, it came too much to, to uh, for me as a child with it. I was dealing with issues of even myself. Like, am I deserving of this? Did I do something? 
And I think one time it was just so much. This person, you know, I was getting off the school bus. I was walking because we were used to walking. We were um, latchkey kids, you know. We had house key. We had to go home by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I was walking home from the bus. And it was just that moment that it was just too much. And this person literally was tailing me in their vehicle. Hey, get in the car. Hey, you know, and uh, it was just so much. I ran home. And that day my mother so happened to be home and she was just, you know, hey, what's going on? And I just blurted it out. I blurted it out and I was just like, it's your fault. I don't think I knew what I was even saying at that point. I was just, it was like an emotional volcano that was so much held in and it erupted at that moment. And I remember telling her, you know, what was, I think, the gist of it. And she didn't really ask me too many questions now that I think about it. I think she was the embarrassment, uh, the not knowing what to do. Um, I do recall, you know, she took me to the pastor of the church, the person in charge of the church, and, they, you know, she went to go look for guidance, supposedly. And it was then mm-hmm. that they said, you know, the, the red flags popped up. Who have you told? Uh, did you tell anybody in school? Did you tell your friends? You know, are you sure there's nobody else that knows? And I'm a child. I'm like, no, I went to my mom. I She's bringing me to you guys. Um, and they said, okay, well, you can't tell your teachers. You can't tell your guidance counselor. You can't tell anybody. You're not allowed to call the police. You're not allowed to get help. We are going to take care of this within our church. And I remember, yeah, I was... I, as a little child, I was so upset, the anger, the resentment that started to build um, because my mother at that point was like, okay, that's fine. They're going to take care of this. She went along with it, and she didn't know what they were doing to me afterwards. They were literally would corner me by myself sometimes, and they would, are you sure you haven't told anybody? They would literally check in with me every now and then. You can't tell anybody. If you tell anybody, your family's going to get in trouble. Your mom's going to get in trouble, and, and they're going to take your siblings away, and you guys are going to be, you know, put apart. And so putting all this extra pressure on me and this fear that if I said anything, that I was going to be the cause of my family being, you know, torn apart. And right. um, so they, they basically were like, we're going to take care of this uh this person was like in the choir or something in the church and it's like a, a very big uh, deal for them, I guess. And they, all they did, I remember was they made him step down and sit in the regular congregation. He wasn't allowed choir benefits or whatever. And that was it. That was all. This person remained in the, in the church. Um, and after they saw that nothing happened to them legally, that nothing, you know, he was, it was like a slap on the hand. That was it. Um, uh, he was, he would go and follow me. He would pursue me still. And not just that, but other men in this church would start tailing me, would start following me as a child, as an adolescent, knowing that, you know, this is a a victim that nobody believed or they didn't do anything about it. Uh, I'm a perfect target. I was a perfect target because I was coming from a broken home. I didn't have anybody really to, to lean on for support. Um, the people in the church, you know, the other kids, the girls, they didn't like me and um, things like that. So it was just perfect, perfect target for them. And I remember 
uh, times when I would literally have to, like, sneak out of church before it ended and hide behind cars, hide in the parking mm. lot. I would have to go hide mm. in the bathroom. I would have to make myself – I would make myself feel ugly. So I would think in my in my own personality that if I don't look pretty, if I don't look cute – they won't mm-hmm. keep following me. They won't bother me. They'll leave me alone. I remember thinking that as a child. And uh, the people, the, the congregation, the church, the cult, all they said is, we can't bring bad publicity to the church. You can't, you can't do anything right now. You're not allowed to. That, that would make the apostle very sad. They have a self-proclaimed apostle. And uh, the church came before me and my safety. And I remember mm-hmm. I was just so resentful, so resentful. Any church gathering, I would literally have to hide in different spaces because I was exposed to danger and nobody cared. Nobody cared to protect me. Nobody cared to think about how I was doing mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, I remember that uh, all that transpired, the years passed. It was just the same thing. And and this cold. Um, you have to choose to to follow wholeheartedly in this church uh, at about 14 years old, and you have to get baptized. And if you don't, your parents are able to disown you. Um, we have heard of different cults all over the world, you know, all over the place um, about things like that, and it's pretty much your textbook cult. And because I had so much hate and resentment inside of me, I refused. I didn't believe nothing that was going on in the church, not the word of God that they were spreading. Um, so I refused to want to be baptized in that church. I did not feel safe there. And um, they would say, well, you know, they, they teach their, their their people that, you know, if they don't have someone that follows within the religion and with, with what their teachings are, you have to disown them. You have to, it's like a cancer. You have to cut it off. And my mother, I, re- I recall at 14, she said, if you do not choose this path, I have to disown you. I cannot, you know, be your mother in the way that you want me to be your mother. And that, like, solidified my belief in that there is no adult in the world that's going to look out for me. So as an adolescent, I had to look out for myself, for my safety, for my well-being. Um, And I did forget that at 12 years old, uh, a situation happened again where I was exposed to this person in a family gathering. And uh, because what happens to you when you're abused, I I don't even recall how that situation came to be, how I was in the same vicinity as this person, because I always ran from him. I always hid. And that one particular time, he found me, and he cornered me. And another um, situation ensued where I was molested again, and I ran, and I ran. And that's when I told my mother at age 12 that I was not continuing in that. And she thought maybe, you know, she did tell me that one time. She said, well, what did you do? What, did, what were you saying or how did you act? Because maybe you asked for this. Because uh-huh. maybe you did something. And all the hate in my heart just overwhelmed me. Because the one woman that I thought was supposed to, you know, have my back, support me, love me, care for me, guide me, protect me, was telling me that I did something to deserve this being done to me and I would kick and scream I wouldn't go to church I would keep myself from you know whatever possibility of having to go so when I did turn 14 she she did you know tell me that yeah I have to disown you 
But then I already didn't have a good relationship with my mother. I was not close to her. I'm still not close to her. Uh, my mm-hmm. dad wasn't around. You know, he was an alcoholic at that time, and I did not have good parental figures. Like you said, the home is was a very dysfunctional home in that sense of not having stability. I didn't have a safe place. Um, the fact that, you know, uh, my sisters, I'm one of seven, one of six, and my older siblings weren't even there to help me or protect me because, surprise, they were married off at 14 and 15 because of this church. Yeah. And those, how at 14 and 15 are you able to, to tell what you want to do with your life and if it's consensual, you know? Um, and their their partners were good 10 years over them, older than them. Um, I just felt so much hate and resentment in my heart for these people, the cult, my mom. Um, after uh, 12 and 14, my dad found out. I told my father, um, and he was, he was, you know, as any father that's finding out, you know, he was sober at that time. He became sober for a good 10 years because of that, because he felt, you know, responsible and he felt like they're the reason that nobody's protecting his daughters, you know, because they're always in church and the mother is just so involved in this cult. Um, I remember he was so upset and angry and it didn't feel like he was being hurt at that point either. And I feel like justice was robbed from me. I feel like I was, my voice was taken away. My ability, my my chance to be able to bring this person to justice and to bring the people that covered it up to justice was completely taken from my hands as a child, as an adolescent. And because of that, I did uh, put myself in very dangerous situations. I put myself in very um, not safe for a young 14, 15 year old girl. I was involved in games. I was self medicating with drugs. I ran away from home so many times because I didn't feel safe. I didn't want to be home. If I was home, I was going to be forced to go to this cult. And I didn't like it. I didn't want to. So I was uh, in the system very young. I was a juvenile delinquent because of the abuse, the emotional, the mental, the physical that nobody knew exactly what I was experiencing because nobody took the time to to ask me, are you okay? What can I do to help you? What do you need to feel safe? And as a child, I was not given any of that. And I did find myself in those running in wrong circles and just um, exposing myself to situations that could have been very, very bad for me, ended badly. And uh, apart from that I was, uh, you know, depression, very young age, uh, suicidal, mm-hmm. at very mm-hmm. young age. I uh, okay. Let me let begin. me stop you here. Okay. Yes. Um, first of all, you have a wonderful speaking voice. Thank you. You really do. Yeah, you, you do. <laughs> do you sing too? No, I. I mean, I sing in the shower. You could. You could. Yes, you could. If you let yourself Thank do you. it, you'd be able to. You have a very good voice. I can tell this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you I so sing much. around the house all the time. I sang in New York City. I know singers, <laughs> okay? And uh, met Tiny Tim. Yes, I did. <laughs> that was weird. But anyway, okay. Um, well, well, I want to ask you some questions here, and then I'm going to yes, go to Lori, course. and then and then see if, if uh, Bill has something, a comment he wants to make or whatever. But um, 
what you're describing here is mm-hmm. horrific, okay? I do, mm-hmm. like so many of us, have similar stories, maybe not this, you know, the same. We do have other people that have come on the show who have been a part of cults, okay? Yeah. And and their bodies were used. Some were, oh, my God, more than just used. They were... It's disgusting. I don't really want to get into it, but that's the cults, and you know how bad that can be, yes. right? Yes. 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 So uh, they were sacrificed and all kinds of stuff. Oh, and yeah. This it, cult. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, um, no I just wanted to add that this cult actually has legal proceedings in the state of California and Los Angeles, probably where Bill is located. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the self-proclaimed apostle has recently been um, charged, and, and they gave him time. He's doing 16 years, but he's probably going to get off earlier. For He had almost, I think, 19 charges against him for... Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, sex crimes against mm-hmm. children, human trafficking, mm-hmm. fraud, tax evasion, things like that. Um, and he only pleaded guilty to three charges because of our legal system. He was he managed right. to get a plea deal, and uh, the Jane Doe's that had uh, accused him uh, didn't get justice either. And it was just so heart wrenching that you know a lot of us victims from this this particular quote thought you know hey this is probably our day or chance to get some type of retribution and no because Mm -hmm. the legal system is so messed up they only gave him 16 years when he could have gotten life you know we have examples jeffrey uh epstein and uh, all Mm -hmm. those other you know life and 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 this person got off with 16 years and this is a third generation because his father and his grandfather in this cult did the same things, uh, sex crimes against children, boys and girls and women. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's just so sad that I, I will talk about later, I guess, what you asked me what I'm doing now, but it's just so sad that, you know, when you bring this up to people, people, their reaction is usually, oh, well, cults have existed for a very long time and they probably will exist, you know, for still much longer. And my surprise to that, because I always think, why? Why do we let this continue if we've had so many um, examples of these things going on in different religions and different uh, places with different people? Why does it keep going on? With like, It's the same type of, uh, of the way they design it, and, and it just continues because people sometimes are scared to speak up or people don't want to make noise, and it's like, why can't the laws change? Why can't we be the, the voice to, to start that movement or – why won't they listen to us? And and that has been very well. We do. Let, let me say something here. We do have people, even from NASCA, that have gone out and and uh, and who are actually trying to get the statute of limitations changed and all oh, different kinds yeah. of things. And uh, a lot of states, I have to say this because I did research on it, a lot of mm-hmm. states have, you know, um, they, there are no more statute of limitations in many, many states. However, it's not all of them yet, okay? Right. There might be a few that are hanging on. Yeah. I think New Jersey is one of them. California might be another one. And, uh, yes, I forget California. What the other one is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, you see, um, it's something that is being worked on. It's very mm. important that it's being worked on. Because mm-hmm. our lives have changed. You sound to me to be a very intelligent young lady, okay? Thank you. I like the way you speak, and you <laughs> certainly are very smart, okay? Thank you. And uh, let me ask you something. How did you do in school? 
I was great in in elementary school and middle mm-hmm. school. I was an honorable student. I was so smart. I was at, you know, top of my class and loved, you know, I had extracurriculars. I had orchestra and chorus and and then mm-hmm. the way that I was portraying my abuse and my pain, I started slacking. I would skip school. I I didn't do well. I didn't, you know, I ended up dropping out of high school. I got my GED, um, mm-hmm. but I at that time, because you know, going through all those those issues and those problems, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't healthy enough to focus on the important things like a regular child. I say regular, but you know, just like a, a child should be thinking of of what am I going to wear to school tomorrow, or have I done mm-hmm. my homework, mm-hmm. or oh my god, I can't wait to see my friends at school, and and I wasn't thinking those things. I was literally thinking of things to save my life things to keep me safe. You're a survivor, honey. You see, that's yeah. what happens. And what I, I want people, there are some people that are listening that uh, don't know enough about child abuse. Mm-hmm. But, you see, the point is this, that um, when a child goes through the type of things that you go through, that we go through here at NASCA, mm-hmm. and again, many times the stories are similar but not the same, uh, but the feelings are the same. Uh, yeah. I had trouble concentrating in school. Uh, I did, mm-hmm. I had panic attacks. I developed them at the age of, of nine. Uh, I'd already been sexually abused many times before that, before I got the panic. Mm-hmm. I was living in New York at that time. I was born in New York. and um, But the point is this. It has to come out some way, okay? So right. I developed the panic attacks. And, and, yes, as I got older, I started to dabble, you know, and, and this and that. And I, by the right. time I was 16, yeah, by the time I was 16, I'm an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. Yeah. I'm an alcoholic slash drug addict. That's mm-hmm. what I am. And you see, but I'm not an active one. I won't let myself because I worked too hard to get to where I am today, and I won't yes. let anyone. I'm very bullheaded. You could tell this. <laughs> I won't <laughs> let any. I won't let anyone. You know, uh, take that away from me because I went through too much. That. And you know what? To you, okay. So uh, mm-hmm. let me let me go to um, to Lori because I'm sure she might have a question, and then I'll go down the okay. bill. Okay, Lori, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. I, I've been okay. like listening to to Carol and I agree a lot with her. I mean, your life really was horrible. I know somebody who's in the cult right now, so some of it is. But the way you sound now, um, so mature, so intelligent. So different than what you described you were. Yeah. That's what's kind of amazing to me. Thank because you. Because you've, you've come a lot further than like just the average person would have. So you've got that fighting spirit in you. <laughs> and this is, like you said, you know, the start. You're, you're a person who's going to do a lot in this Thank area. You. you know, as you, you keep going. So, yeah, I mean, I, my heart goes out to you. Um, we all get stuck, you know, with something or other and yeah. things that should have been done hadn't been done and then the whole thing is turned around and whatnot. All right. we gotta do is remember that we're not the people that people are describing that we are. You know, right. from what they say. As long as you stick to what you feel about yourself, you know right, you know wrong, you know mm-hmm. what to do. You know, and you'll do it. I have no right. doubt you'll do it. So, Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Your words are so, I really, really appreciate, you know, the words that you're saying and, and just the love that you're pouring because 
sometimes people, like you said, they they think of us or victims or survivors or just any, because of what we go through, and they do expect a certain thing, and and it means a lot to you know to be recognized for something that people would expect something different, but you're so much more than that, and I appreciate that. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, you bet. You see, you're not letting it define you. That's what's what Lori's saying. We use yeah. that word here on NASA, you know, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times, see, I'm the night owl. I get these these phone calls. I never go to bed. I never did go to bed. I couldn't sleep anyway, okay? So I might as well stay mm-hmm. up and do something that's positive, <laughs> okay? So right? I get the, uh, yeah, so I, I get the phone calls. And um, a lot of times people are so, just so down in spirit, okay, they're mm-hmm. broken. Mm-hmm. You're not a broken person. I'm not saying that you're always put together all the time. No, I mean, as you're growing up, but you became a person who was whole. Because already you're on your healing journey well, and you know that you want to do something with your life, and you know that it wasn't your fault. And you already you've spoken about the statute of limitations, yeah. The statutes of limitations, of course, is something that are very important, and I understand mm-hmm. why it would be a concern of yours. We all want justice. None right. of us hardly ever get justice. Um, yeah. I, I, I was abused so many times, I want to say it on air right now. I'm not in the mood. Anybody would probably go right. vomit or something. But, you know, the point is this. Um, you know, we do at many times want justice, but I think our justice is just, not going to come. They don't give proper sentencing. No, no. Like you they said. Don't. No. No, they don't. When I was living in New York, they didn't give proper sentencing. I was one of 14, and he was caught. He got, are you nuts? He got three years. He was out in a year and a half. Thank what? you very much. Oh, Kidnapping and rape of, of, of 14 little girls. Oh, so you God. see, it doesn't matter where you live. Uh, it, it matters to the judge. And and the system itself needs to be knocked yeah. down and started over yes. again. Yes, and, and I agree. Yeah, and, and people have to understand why it's so important for us to have a voice and also, too, to become themselves proactive, and that yes. starts at home. If you come from a home like I came from a home and you did, okay, um, mm-hmm. we don't have a voice. Like you said, we didn't have a voice. We didn't have any instructions. We didn't have anybody to give us boundaries. We didn't have anyone to tell us what's right, what's wrong. So many of us end up out on the street. I ran away, too, so many times. I wanted to get away from my brother. He was one of my abusers. And, you know, so I mean, it goes on and on and on and on, you know what I'm saying? And um, either you make it and you have a big mouth like me, okay, (laughs) or you don't make it. And some people become very introverted. They um, yeah. internalize everything, and, and they don't mm-hmm. grow, and they don't become who and what they can be. You said, young lady, mm-hmm. that you were in the chorus. I heard you. You do have a good voice. Okay, I got that straight. Now, <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying that You're one so time. Kind. Yes, you were. <laughs> All right, let me, let me go down to, oh, yes, ma'am, I can tell that you have a good voice. Mama has the ear here. Okay, I know these things. <laughs> Now, let me go down to Bill and see if okay. he has something he wants to say or make a comment about. Okay. What I want to tell you, there, you Bill? Um, first, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm talking. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Oh, what yes, I, I can hear you. That, go ahead. Go ahead. What I want to say is that um, I, I, I believe you are 
you, you questioned at one point whether or not you um, had a story that a lot of people could identify with, and I want to assure you that you do. <laughs> the, the idea of being in a cult is not something strange to us. Many of us have had similar situations. Even if they weren't called cults, they were groups that were so insidious. Yes. Um, but at the, and the point is, I wouldn't worry about it anyway. You've got a um, good following of people who are listening tonight who are mm-hmm. going to uh, get a lot out of your story. They okay. may or may not call in, but they are getting a lot out of your story. And, you know, we, we frame these shows <clears throat> for the newcomer or for the person that's newer than us. Okay. That's be- you know, that's because we want uh, to use our story to educate them and to and to yeah. influence them in terms of giving them hope. So you're yeah. doing a terrific job, as Carol Thank said. Thank you. And I'm really glad you came on tonight again. Thank you, Bill. That means so much to me. I appreciate that. Of course. <laughs> and we hope that you come back a lot more. You know, you could be on the panel. Monday through Friday. I, now that you're, <laughs> yes. Now that you're, I would now love that you're to, in Nazca family. You know? mm-hmm. I yes. would love to. I think what you guys That's do, good. like especially the the prevention, the intervention, and the resources, is something that is desperately needed in, yeah. in all areas. You know, because there's some people that sometimes because of where they come from, their neighborhoods, the their nationality, they don't have. Uh, resources. They don't have the the reach to get these resources or know that they can get help or even like the prevention, I think you said. Prevention is super important and and that is Mm -hmm. definitely or even, you know, intervention, going to the schools, going into the community, talking to these children because sometimes they don't even understand or realize that they have been abused that they have no, been they mistreated or something like that. So I think a lot of that intervention and prevention is, is very vital in being able to at least, you know, somehow bring these numbers down. Um, of course, you know, the laws and all that is something we can get to as well, but I think definitely reaching out to families, uh, children, like I said, schools, communities, um, because, you know, you think you're always alone, but like you said, Bill, there's so many people with the same stories, and when you finally get exposed to that, you're like, oh, my gosh, wow, mm-hmm. I'm not the only one. This has happened to so many other people. I'm not damaged. I'm not – something is not wrong with me, you know. It's it's yeah. everybody else that, that that's doing this wrong thing to me. And I think that mm-hmm. putting that out there and, and just finding ways – you realize when you... When you come on the show, you know, you originally start thinking that you're so strange, you're so yeah. different, nobody's going to understand, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and then you find out why there's lots of people that are like me. And even yeah. if the facts of their life, as Carol said, even if the facts of their life is not like you, the kind of right. abuse they endure, the feelings and the thinking process and the choices you make yes. and, you know, how it affects your you emotionally and all that stuff, that's the same. It's, it's almost the yeah. same. With all of us, yes, find that commonality. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're doing great. Thank you. Yeah, Thank she's you. doing a wonderful job. She really is. And, um, and uh, the minute thing. I heard her voice, <laughs> well, you know what? The minute I heard your voice and heard that first sentence, I said, "This girl is plugged in." Okay, she's going to do just fine. And that's exactly <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> okay, and um, you. you have so much to offer. You have so much to offer. And that's what's so important. That's why I'm saying to you even now, which I usually don't wait until the end of the show, you know, <laughs> to tell you, 
that you're Thank welcome you. to come on because the people that do listen, of course, it's Christmas time. Things are going crazy right now, and the world's crazy, is it not? Oh, my God. So, I mean, but, yeah. you know, we do have people that listen through the computer. They do that. Yeah. And then there's those people that are bashful about coming on. How can they yeah. be bashful? I don't know. I don't know. And But they are, okay? So, um, yeah. you know, so it's, it, people are listening. And so um, you're helping a lot of people by what you're saying, and that's good. Let's get on to your you. story here. Okay. Um, let me see. Um, oh, boy, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you want more aggressive penalties for the CSA and supports and unlimited statute of limitations. We've spoken about that already. Yes. But, um, you know, let me ask you something. You also are not in tune, uh, which is probably your choice, and that's a good one. We always say get rid of toxic people in your family. So you don't have a relationship with your mother. You didn't have one no. anyway, and I didn't either. I get it. And, right. uh, yeah, so, uh, so then the rest of the family, you know. So there comes that. This is where it gets touchy because when you start mm-hmm. cutting off people and you start getting rid of toxicity in your life, there's other people on the outside that are like, why are you doing that? Oh, she's your mother. Oh, they're your family. You have to, you know, you, you only have one mother. You only have one brother, sister. And and like you said, it's Christmas time right now. There's a lot of mm-hmm. people going through the holidays right now that are estranged from their family members, that are going through holidays alone or with, you know, people that are not blood relatives because they mm-hmm. chose to be around people that are loving and supportive. But in my situation, yes, I have been estranged from my mother for years now. And uh, because I cut her off, some of my siblings did the same thing. Because, you know, they said, oh, the the, the cold is, is coming under fire right now. It's in the press. It's in the news. And you can't hurt her. That's her faith. And you shouldn't, you know, that's not right. And I'm like, but then what about me? That's what, right. Why, why am I not important in this? Why is my feeling not valid and why am I getting pushed to the side and when I start trying to stand up for myself and say no I will not have my family I'm you know I'm married I have five kids and uh, Mm -hmm. I choose to keep toxicity away from my family and I feel like I'm trying to break those chains and I want to do different with my children I want to always give them a safe space I tell them all the time your home is your safe space we are your safe space. Your family, your parents, your, your sibling, we are your safe space. Anything ever happens in your life, you come talk to me. You come talk to us. You're, the communication is always open. Yes, I'm a mom. I'll get mad over, you know, regular topics. Of, oh, if you're not doing your schoolwork and this and that. But if anything ever comes that you're in danger or you need something, I am there for you. No questions asked. I am there for you. That was not given to me. So I choose to do that for my children. I am breaking those cycles, and I am doing new things for my family and for generations to come. I hope that that stays like that because, you know, you you turn into this person that, I always say this, you have to be who you needed at that age. And I hope that I'm that person, you know. I I choose Mm -hmm. to use this to help others instead of wallow in my self-pity and my emotional wreck that I felt at that time, I, I have gone to therapists, I have gone, you know, and I've done my own healing. I'm very into the metaphysics right now. I'm, I love that. That brought me so much love and, and peace in my life. And um, I want to bring awareness to other people 
uh, not just about the cult, you know, because it happens in, in every different walks of life. Uh, I want to bring awareness in that. That is my way of getting justice. That is my way of getting uh, the what was robbed from me to help others, to help victims, survivors, to be able to spread the word. The, the awareness mm-hmm. is something very big because people, like I said, sometimes people don't realize what happened to them or what's happened to a family member or a friend, and they don't recognize the signs, they don't recognize the red flags, or if they do, they're too scared to speak up. And I think that's something that's very, is with society right now. It's like, oh, I don't want to cause a stir. I don't want to make this big old drama. But it's like, mm-hmm. then you're forgetting about the person. You're forgetting about the person going through this. Because then it's all about keeping the peace. It's all about keeping everybody else at bay and the the status quo. Let's keep the status quo. Instead of, hey, is that person okay? Because nobody, I remember, nobody asked me, are you okay? And that's something that I feel like, you know what, they forget about this. So it's not about, you know, tiptoeing on others' feelings. It's about seeking those that need the help or at least putting the information out there so that, you know, how you said, people are, are bashful or shy or embarrassed. Sometimes when you have things happen to you, you are embarrassed. You are scared. You think that, you know, the shame is on you, and so you don't speak up. So sometimes them just having access to information, and if they get it on their own, it's their choice to be able to reach out or at least know, hey, you didn't deserve this. This is not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. There's people out there, there's resources out there to help you, and you're not alone, and you will heal from this. Because a lot of the times people get into these, you know, bouts of whether it's depression or whatever, and they feel like there's no way out. And and that's, that's right. a very scary place to be. That's a very scary place to be, especially when it's a child. You see, let me stop or, you for a second. Yes. Let, me, let me stop you for a second. Now, everything sure. you just said in, the, in, I don't know, the last few minutes here is so, so valid and so true, but even more true for men, okay? Yes. Let's go back to yes. the, the feelings of shame and guilt and all these mm-hmm. other things because, you see, and more men are starting to come on the show. I just want you to know that, and that's a very, mm-hmm. very good thing. I've been on this show for 12 years, okay? Wow. And, um yeah, and and for two years before that, so I'm 14 years I'm on the radio, and then other stations too. But the point is this. Here's the point. The point is that men so often could not have a voice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like you're, you're talking all these things, and I just want everyone to know out there, it's, this is not just a woman thing or a girl thing. No. Little mm-hmm. boys, no. Little boys, yes. they go mm-hmm. through the same things that, that we do, okay? Yes. And they don't have a safe place to go to because they're supposed to mm-hmm. man up. You know this. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, in some of the cultures and stuff, you man up. Yes. And, uh, you, know, you know, you keep your mouth shut. Yes. And, um and and they they don't get the help that they need, and for so very long, there was mm-hmm. no help, not really that much help, you know, for boys. Like when mm-hmm. Bill wanted to go and get help, I don't think mm-hmm. there was hardly anything out there. No. I think you said, Bill, you once went to a group and there was nothing but women in there, and they looked at you like you were an alien or something. <laughs> what did you say? Well, I, it was something like I, that. I tried to, I approached places because, you know, I've been sober so long, and I should tell the, the listener that before um, before the time that I got sober, there was there were no groups for men. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I went to other things that I thought could be helpful, like a rape hotline, <laughs> right, and uh, family family services, 
and um, and so forth. And every time I went in, I was treated like I was the enemy. And they didn't even listen to what I was what I was trying to say, and they certainly didn't have any answers, because as far as they were concerned, men were the problem, right? And um, so that's the way it was. Now it's mm-hmm. fortunately a lot better, as we know, and mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, all kinds of groups that at least share with with men, and we have some that are actually all about men, which mm-hmm. is a big difference from way back then. But yeah, it was it was mm-hmm. pretty surprising. Nobody wanted to help me. Nobody. It's the stigma, the stigma of, of, you know, like you said, it was a stigma around men and it was all their fault or they were the only ones doing it. But you're absolutely right. It's everybody, every, it could be man, woman, child. It doesn't matter. It happens to everybody. And and I understand, you know, it's so unfortunate that there was no help back then that was openly supportive. I, I, I'm thankful now. You guys use the right word when you use the word shame. It's about shame. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I I couldn't, like, hold my head high and do that sort of stuff. I was right. muttering around, and, you know, I wasn't too sure about this. And, right. you know, where can you go? And I didn't know anything about it, and neither did they. This is not their fault. It just mm-hmm. hadn't been, it hadn't occurred to the, mm-hmm. the psychological community or the medical community that boys could be abused. It right. hadn't occurred. <laughs> but we had to educate each other, you mm-hmm. know, so, so anyway. I think that's a valid point. That's so true, Bill. And you know, with Bill, he got his help, you know, through AA. Okay? That's unusual. I I went to some AA meetings. I was a brat. I didn't want to go to AA meetings. (laughs) So, but I healed myself. Yes, I did. Okay, I straightened out. But anyway, not everybody can do that. But he went to, um, and I was a real jerk, believe me, a lot of things I did. I can look back now, some with humor, okay, and other. Yeah, Well, yeah, because I'm a funny person anyway. But I also did some things that were shameful, and then I had to deal with me, okay, because I knew that yeah. they were shameful. And, and I did have some boundaries. I mean, I had more boundaries than my friends. Okay, mm-hmm. that I hung out with. They were doing heavy duty drugs. They were doing, shooting up mm-hmm. heroin. A couple of them died in front of me. I mentioned that on the show last night because I ran the show last time. With Doctor Romo mm-hmm. is a wonderful guy to do a show with. So, uh, but anyway, the point is, yes, we do these things. I mean, I was down in the subways, and um, these people that I considered to be my friends were actually going over. They called them bums. Okay, to the homeless mm-hmm. and were kicking them. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? You know what I'm saying? I couldn't do right. that. So I got away from them. I had mm-hmm. enough sense to, okay, if I have to go back home and, and, and you know, go through what I go through for a while until I get more friends or do a change something, do whatever. Right. Um, and my mother didn't care that he was behaving the way that he was. And that went into his adulthood. And he's been down Florida for years, and I'm sure he didn't change down there either. Okay. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't even leave my friends alone. And and even as my friends grew up and they had their children, he wouldn't leave them alone either. All of a sudden he disappeared. Oh, yeah. Uh, He disappeared for a long time. I don't know if he's dead or alive. Okay. 2008, that's the last time I spoke to him. And I said, if you can't be normal on the phone with me, don't call Mm -hmm. me again until you can. He never called me again. (laughs) There you go. You don't need that. You don't need that. I don't need it. I don't need it. So, you see, what? 
Go ahead. No, go ahead. I I'm think sorry. what? I think you have a very good point about how, you know, you go through these things because of all the things that you went through, you put yourself in these situations, like I said. And, and for me, that it was the same. You know, I was around bad crowds. And it wasn't – I say it now, but back then it was I was looking for community. I was looking for a family. I was looking for people mm-hmm. that would – support me or love me or in my situation if it was like gangs and all that stuff because I wanted a family I wanted to feel like I belong somewhere and where I would be safe which is kind of backwards because it's not a really good safe environment you know I mean not not mm-hmm. it's not uh smart of me as to think that that would be you know I would be out of harm's way but you know I did I did do that and I did a lot of self-medicating as well it was just but you're right you know how you said you, you there was a lot of things I didn't do just because everybody else was doing. I, I, I think it has a lot to do with people's character, their personality, mm-hmm. how strong they are in that suit. And some people mm-hmm. can deal with things in certain ways and some people can. It's too overwhelming. And, you know, both both things is, is valid. It, it's There's no right or wrong way of how to deal with it. You just wake up every morning and, you know, keep pushing for another day. Although some days you don't want to wake up, but you just keep going. Yeah. Um, but but I think you know that that that's important that you know you got to forgive yourself you got to give yourself some grace of how you react yes, to things mm-hmm. that happen to you you're just reacting mm-hmm. and giving yourself some grace on learning to forgive yourself for feeling mm-hmm. that shame or the embarrassment or just the anger that was something that took me a very long time to confront in myself the anger that I had and so much resentment and. Um, you know the saying how they say you gotta forgive people. You know that's the way to, because it's it's hurtful to your heart. That's fine, whatever. I don't have to go to their face and say I forgive you. I don't have to be near them or anything. But I think just letting go of some of those things for myself was very mm-hmm. very key in my healing. But that doesn't mean I want them around. That doesn't mean I want to have them in my life. So I think you know, good riddance. If you don't have people that's calling you that shouldn't, that's great. Life sorts itself out where you don't have to be around that thing, and and you make way, you make space for better things to come in your life. You have to get rid of the trash. You have to get rid of all those things that don't bring you anything that's going to benefit you in your life. And you make space. And all that stuff, that's, that's, that void that you're feeling because you're losing so many things gets replaced with bigger and better things. It's just sometimes for some people, it doesn't feel like that in that moment. It doesn't feel like that in, in those times that are trying for yourself. You have to remember, you know, this is not it. There's more to come, and, and there's things that are going to fill those voids that are going to be so fulfilling in your life, full of love and full of – sometimes you don't think that you're going to have happiness again, joy, or peace, and especially going through those moments. You know, you I remember plenty of times where I would sit there and, and curse out God, and I would be so angry and be like, why? Why would you let these things happen to me? I hate you. I hate you. And those were my <laughs> feelings at that time. And I forgave myself for feeling that. I forgave myself, and I just knew, you know what? There's just bad people. There's just bad people. There's people that are sick, and they do whatever, and it's not my problem to control them. I cannot change them. But whatever happens to me in my life, I can't change what's happened, but I can change how I react to it now. I can change what I do with my life now. And like you said something to to me earlier that really, you know, struck a chord, that it doesn't define me. And that is something super important that it does not define me. I choose to do with this what I want to now. I choose to be powerful behind it, not be Mm -hmm. handcuffed to it 
and feel like That's it's right. controlling my life. Which for some people, mm-hmm. when they're going through these moments or when they feel alone, they don't feel like they have that. Like, you need to have hope. It's going to get better and easier. Just remember in those moments well, you that see, you don't feel that. Let me, let me stop you there. You see, yeah. what you're saying is so, so, so important. Because mm-hmm. this is something that um, you sound like you've been on NASCAR for 10 years. <laughs> because you say all the things that we say. Um, and, but it's true. Because, you see, the people that I deal with, and it's not just in NASCAR. I deal with a lot of different people. I even deal with kids. But the point is they get down in that slump, and they don't know how to get up out of it. See, that's what's dangerous, okay, very, very yeah. dangerous. Very. And you know that. Now, I did try to, to commit suicide when I was 17, and uh, I got pulled by my long, bleached, blonde hair out of the room and almost snapped my neck. That's what they did, but get me out of that room. And I dropped a piece of glass. That's all I had to work with. Oh, gee, it was a piece of glass, all right? And, um, but I, I, I meant business. So, you yeah. see, I was at that point in my life, had my mm-hmm. friend not hated the guy she was out with on a date, I, w- I, I would have been dead because there was oh. no one to stop me. My mother didn't care. My stepfather didn't care. They said, do it and do it right. That's what I had to listen to. That's what I lived with. Okay, not my story, but we come from backgrounds like that. That's the point. So um, God didn't want me yet. Okay, now I just know I'm going to go see those angels. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I like he told myself. (laughs) You know, because, um, look, none of us ask for this. You said that earlier. That's so true. We don't, we're born, we are perfect, beautiful babies, and we we want love and cuddling and, and all this other stuff. My mother used to prop my bottle. I didn't get any of that. A lot of people do that, by the way. Even in an orphanage, um, they've noticed that with babies who are not held while they're being fed, mm-hmm. maybe this, the staff is short and they don't have time to do things, whatever, I'm not blaming them. And uh, But the point is, if they don't get enough of attention, um, yes. enough physical contact, they can die. Yeah. They can. Yeah. So, um, you know, so you see, people need people in a sense that they need yeah. to be touched, held, loved, uh, you know, told that they're uh, okay, and, and, and you need people to, you know, support you. You obviously mm-hmm. have a very good marriage from the sounds of it. I pray that I'm right. And you have five yeah. children. Yes, right now... Um... I'm very grateful for my life right now. I'm at a, I'm at a good place. I'm at peace. Um, you know, mm-hmm. all families have some issues and stuff going on. Um, of course. Because of the way I, because of the way I was raised, you know, I had those one of those households that didn't get held. I had one of those households. We didn't hear "I love you." We didn't hear, "Hey, good yeah, job." We didn't. That, we yeah. didn't get a hug. We didn't get, mm-hmm. you know, held hands. My father was pretty good at showing some type of emotion. But because my mm-hmm. mother was the way she was, and you know, we never got close. So because of that, I had a very hard time with my children showing them affection and emotion. And to this day, mm-hmm. as an adult, I work on that every day. I try my best. I try my best, like I said, breaking those chains and those cycles to, to do that. But because I was raised in that way and I had that, I was so neglected in that sense mm-hmm. that it was so strange for me to have to be, you know, 
hug my child and just tell them I love them out of nowhere. And uh, it is definitely a work in progress. And I, you know, still to this day, I'm learning and doing what I can. Uh, one of the biggest things that I learned um, is to apologize when you're wrong, you know, as a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't always apologize mm-hmm. to your children or because or, we think, you know, they're kids. We're parents. We know better. Well, I already know that's not true because <laughs> of my situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I took, take the time to try to figure those things out because I'm learning I'm still learning. Life is a process of learning. And, um, you know, my children have their own issues, and they have mental health issues as well. Uh, This is my Mm -hmm. second marriage, so my first marriage didn't go well. And this is my Mm -hmm. second marriage, and and my children have some issues because of the first marriage, their biological father. And I got them help. I, you know, got them into therapy. I listened Mm -hmm. to them. I try my best. I'm not perfect, but I do what I can. Like I said, you try to be the person that you needed. Um, if there was ever a situation, uh, I want to speak on one of my kids that uh, she had a situation where there was uh, something that happened that was unfavorable with, you know, a boy or something, and I, no questions asked. I supported her. I loved her enough to be like, you know what, we're going to figure this out. We're going to call the police. We're going to make a report. And we went through those motions, and I told her, hey, there's no shame in this. We're going to figure this out. We're going to, you know, I'm going to have your back 1,000%. And the mm-hmm. situation was sorted through. We figured it all out and everything. And uh, thankfully it wasn't, you know, there was some things that still um, caused some trauma, but it wasn't as far. I'm not going to, I don't want to devalue her situation, but it was thankfully um, intervened in time. And mm-hmm. I just feel like those things that, you know, wasn't done with me, we got to do with our children and learn and, and try to teach others to do the same. Um but you were touching on a on a subject about, you know, the suicidal stuff, and I had the same situations. So I was very suicidal uh, at a young mm-hmm. age, as a young adult. I I was a cutter, you know. I I have the scars to prove all that. I was very, I you know, I tried whatever. It was pills or uh, razors, anything. And those low moments, you feel like there's nowhere to turn. So I, I think it's very important to acknowledge that, you know, for others, their path sometimes gets low before it gets better. And being yeah, that voice, yeah, you know, the that's listening true. to the callers, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, the, yeah, see that that's that's very very true. Um, the healing journey, as we call it here on NASCA, um, once you get on, first of all, you have to realize you have a, a, a you know a problem. Okay, right. uh, this isn't normal. I don't feel good. I don't feel right. I need help. Right. And, and these are all mm-hmm. things that we have to go through, and we do go mm-hmm. through them. Some are different than others, but you get. If you're lucky enough, you get on, okay, we have NASCA. We have this platform where people come on, they tell their story, and we also offer programs, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. Bill has put all this together, by the way. I mean, he's got, um, you know, the uh, platform, and also he and some lady from uh, Caroline or Carolyn from uh, England, they put together the programs. Very, very good, very successful. And since people are listening, I want them to hear this. If yes. you want to be a part of a, a program in person, okay, mm-hmm. um, we have these programs on the front page of our NASCA website. That's N-A-A-S-C-A dot org. And you'll see to the left-hand side in the red block, it says programs. Each block has a different subject, okay? So mm-hmm. it's actually the first block on the left-hand side, and it says programs. And I tell people this over the phone because it's so simple, okay? Mm -hmm. All you have to do is click that open. You'll see the world spinning around. 
You'll see some countries that we deal with because they're English-speaking countries and so forth, whatever. And mm-hmm. then you'll see the United States. Now, I'm from New Jersey right now, and mm-hmm. um, so I would click on to New Jersey. Well, New Jersey has so many different programs and um, you know that I can click on to. I, I look for the place nearest to me, of course. Especially with the way gas is now, honey, I want to, you know, be as close as I can to home, all right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, okay, so I'll I'll find a place the closest that I can find. You make, make the phone call. There's a phone call right next to it, you know, right next to the title. They do not have signs outside like AA doesn't have signs outside, and neither do these places. So, you call this person who's there, you know, at the desk, and they'll you talk to them a little bit, and uh, mm-hmm. tell them you want to be a part of the program. Come and and test your test the waters, see what it's like. They might ask you a few questions, and you know what? You go into a program where people are very much the same as you. Most of these programs are free. Not all of them. Most right. of them are free, and um, you go in and you meet people. Now, this isn't in-house. Don't get me wrong. This is a, mm-hmm. a program you go to and you go home at night, okay? Right. So, but, I, yeah, and this is good because I've gotten a lot of good positive feedback, um, even with men. I've, I've, I've sent them down. The, they were from South Jersey, two of them. No, the one just called the other day. He's from South Jersey also. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are, in Lawrenceville, I think it was, something around that area. But whatever, the point is this. Um, you send people to these programs or you look into the program if you need help, mm-hmm. you know, someone out there listening, you need help. That's so simple to do what I just told you. Yes, Click on. I think that's you know, great. you see the that's world spinning awesome around. Resource. Yeah, wow. you see the the world spinning around. And then uh, just find your state and uh, click on to that. And it, everything is alphabetical, okay? Everything's alphabetical. Mm-hmm. So you can come the closest as you can to where you live, mm-hmm. okay? Maybe there's one uh, 10 miles away. It's mm-hmm. worth it for peace of mind. Meeting people can help you, all right? right. And uh, Or maybe there's one only two miles away you don't know about. They don't have a sign outside, okay? What I'm saying? Right. So, so this is important for people to understand. Yes, we have the contact list on the night owl. I get all these kinds of phone calls in the middle of the night. And if you want to speak to someone in the daytime, you speak to them in the daytime. There's a list there of people that you can contact. Mm-hmm. So, you see, we don't uh, have just uh, this program here, which is mm-hmm. a wonderful program. I love this. I have a big mouth. I like to talk a lot. Yes, Bill, I'll tell you. <laughs> I tease them all the time. But um, but anyway, the point is this. Um, you know, people come on, they tell their story. They're always happy that I know of anyway, 98% of the time that they told their right. story. It empowers them. They feel good. Yes. And uh, then they're meeting people right here, although it's not face-to-face, mm-hmm. uh, unless you live close by and you can manage to meet someone. That would be nice, you know, who's a part of NASCAR. Right. But, you know, um, you have a family here. This is the NASCAR family right here. And that is so important, just that support. And I love how you get the resources all in one place able yeah, to, well, they did a to good reach job different that. areas. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So you see, um, we have all this to offer people. We had something called Zoom. I don't know if it's, if it's working right now, if it's up right now. But we do have this and we do have the programs. Okay, it's very, very important. 
So mm-hmm. um, with your story now, now we can get to the part, um, let's see, yes, I certainly want them to have much stiffer. I believe, I'm just going to say this, and then we'll get on to the very end of your um, bio here. Okay. I believe that the first-time offenders, number one, and then this will interest you, the first-time offenders, um, the stats say, and they've done a lot of studies on this, they mm-hmm. have found that they have assaulted someone 128 times. Now, that means maybe 10 times with one kid, maybe 15 <sighs> times with another kid, five times with yeah. another. But you do the math. It doesn't matter. Right. Go up to 128, okay? Mm. 128 crimes against children. Mm-mm. Now, because wow. they're not already registered as a sex offender and they haven't gotten caught, doesn't mean that they are a person that only did it one time. That's almost exactly. unheard of. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need stiffer sentences, you Definitely. know, for the first-time offenders. Not yes. just two years and a slap on the hand like you had mentioned. Exactly. Or in, in my case, uh, you know, uh, three years and they're out in a year and a half. Or this case up in Vermont which drove me nuts, which made me drive. Oh. It drove me so nuts I wrote my book. I was so mad. And uh, so it took me 28 days to write 314 pages. There you go. That's how mad I was. So anyway, yeah, it it made it to Japan. That was excellent. But anyway, the point is I think if they they made the first-time offenders, um, you know, I can't prove this, but if they make, you know, the sentencing for that, instead of, say, three years or something, five years, whatever, Um, give them a stiff ass sentence because yes. then maybe, yeah, because then be maybe. wouldn't be a next time offender. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I th- it would certainly be helpful. And then that individual, and and no, no time out for good behavior. I don't want to hear no. that stuff. No, no, I don't believe that they change like that. They, no, look what they did to us. Look what they did to us. Exactly. Okay, all of us on this panel here, and and mm-hmm. many many other people are ones who are, are listening. Okay. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And the ones that we don't know about. Yep. But they're listening and they're thinking, "Gee, that's me. Gee, that's me." Yeah. And uh, you know what I'm saying? So yes. okay. So you know, it's very important to you can't nip it in the bud. There's always going to be pedophiles out there. Yeah. There's going to be those that like, um, you know, those who are prepubescent, but then also those who like the teenagers, um, heblophilia, I think it's called, I don't have it in front of me, but I did look it up and I do have it. Mm-hmm. Um, they like the teenagers. And, and then you have those that like the infants. Are you nuts? Sick. That's incredibly sick. Yeah. 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 Sick. And there's another name for them, and I have another name myself for them. Oh, they yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they all have to have the same name, but the thought of an infant even is, is just even more disgusting, okay? Yes, exactly. Least, uh, uh, ridiculous. I think you so, raise a very I mean, good we point have to the... get a we have to get a system mm-hmm. that will realize. Now they are talking about it more on the news now because of the border, okay? Kids mm-hmm. are coming in from the border and they're getting pimped out on the street. Yes, wonderful. The refugees, wonderful. the refugees. It's ridiculous. That's right. And it was bad because enough think, before, and now it's tenfold. Okay. Yeah, because they think nobody's going to care to look for them, or or that they're yeah. not somebody's family. That's just so heartbreaking. It is so heartbreaking. heartbreaking. I think you raised a point on the first. 
first time offenders definitely need to get a stiffer like a sentence because the only reason that they appear to be all remorseful or good behavior or whatever is because they got caught. Not because it was right. wrong. Not because they felt right. bad doing it. It's because they got right. caught. And if they wouldn't have gotten caught, if nobody would have opened their mouth, they would have continued doing this. So there's more mm-hmm. victims. There's more people out there getting abused and hurt. And just it, so for some of I don't think there should be like a three, you know, uh, three X's or whatever. Like you mess up three times and no, it needs to be first time offenders. That just just the fact that you said like infants, children, all that. That's just just disgusting. It's sick. It's vile. It's it sick. needs to be dealt with exactly in the manner show to use them all as examples no this is not tolerated no this is not okay this is not going to be done and yes registered sex offenders you can't be near schools you can't for this is what it has me going crazy about my situation is that this person this self-proclaimed apostle is the leader of this church of this cult and this is an international church they claim to have more than five million followers five million people okay in different wow. countries and mm-hmm. He is still leading this church, even though he is a convicted sex offender. And the church, mm-hmm. the quote themselves, follow him. And they say to this day, we believe he's innocent. We love him. He is honorable. He is uh, not to be, you know, uh, defamed. This is all a mm-hmm. big uh, fake lies that have been come out. Which There's proof. There's videos. There's emails. There's pictures. And just because he did a plea bargain, he got the minimum amount of time, and he is still directing this church within a cell. They are still. Well, that's just like those groups. That's like those groups out there. I have to hurry up and talk now because the show is almost over, and (laughs) and we have things to talk about here. But um, they have groups out there, three that I know of right now, and I'm sure there's more, okay, where they're trying to brainwash, I guess, society into believing that pedophiles are good for your your teenagers or whatever, those younger, whatever, too. Um, You know, uh, because you're teaching them about sex. Oh, my God. That is the most ridiculous thing. Oh, it's insanity. It's insanity. Wow. And, you know, I, I sent Bill a long time ago, and that's on the website, too. Um, I think that's on the uh, oh, 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 next to the glass on the right hand side. Prevention, intervention, and recovery. There is an article there written by pedophiles. Oh wow! I actually got it and I grabbed it and I, I gave it to Bill years ago now. And it got that building got burnt down. By the way, I don't know. I don't know who burned See, it down. That's the crazy thing: how they have the liberty to do these things, thinking, okay, I have freedom of speech or freedom of religion and freedom all this and that. And and here's yeah, the thing: nobody's saying, you don't, yeah, you don't. Hold have, on a second. It, check it out. Check okay. it out. Let me, listen to what I'm saying. These guys, uh-huh. these guys actually said that they can't be fixed, and if you don't speak to your children and teach them about people like us. This was a long article. I'm just giving you a little tiny bit of it. If you don't if you don't, you know, teach your children well, we will. Oh Okay. That was a okay, final need to sentence. Be yes, that was a they final just, sentence. Need to be just, okay. Ooh, it's oh, it's giving me God. chills. Yeah. Because you see, oh, they're wow. even admitting 
Now, I don't know how many yes. are involved in this, but I think there are quite a few. But they're even admitting that they've gone for therapy, they can't be fixed, and this is what's going to happen if society doesn't teach their children better about, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's incredible. And that's just the way it is. So I, wow. I get all charged up. I, I do I, I do presentations and stuff, and I just go, I'm a man. They always ask totally me back again. Okay, so, okay, totally so here's the deal. <laughs> well, we have to teach people. Right. We have to. Right. See, we're right. the survivors. Who better than we? Yes. And, okay, yes, I have exactly. a lot of schooling under my belt. You probably have a lot of schooling under your belt. I don't care if you have your Ph.D. I don't have that. Don't I don't have that, but I have the street cred. <laughs> I've been That's through it, it, so I know. That's <laughs> it. You see, they need the survivors to get up and yep. teach. You know, yes. I, I was teaching professors, for God's sake. I was speaking wow. to the police force, too. Wow. Um, I've done all different kinds of things. Because mm-hmm. we are the ones that walked the walk. Yes. So we can talk exactly. the talk. Okay? Yep. So this is why it's so important. I mean, we all have our gifts. We all can do different things. Some do artwork, uh, you know, draw pictures. Others write poetry, uh, Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. Others write books. Um, Others get up and, you know, speak like I speak and and so forth. We all can do something. And even if you just take information off of the website, go into a store like the Red Flags, the red flags mm-hmm. of uh, child abuse. Yes. And you have to ask permission yeah. first. I've done it. To put and, up uh, and Put it up. Put yes. it up. Because people go to the bulletin board, right, and then they'll see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I even had it in the post office. Check this out. And they had them right by the most wanted men. <laughs> the most perfect, wanted people. Perfect spot, though. That's when they have the missing people. So it was there for quite some time. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. but these, this is a way of silently educating people. But you know, yeah. people are going to look at it. They want to know what's posted, right? Of course. Yeah. Yes. So that's good. So, um, but anyway, let's get back to you. All right. I'm just giving people ideas <laughs> out here who are listening. Okay. So it okay. says here, she was interviewed for an article in the Atlantic mm-hmm. Journal, and a new yes. HBO documentary came out recently about the cult. Good. Yes. It's survivors yeah. and what is being done to help them. My hope is to let others know that they are not alone. So tell us exactly about what this is. All right, what about the uh, the interview and all that stuff? So I did a. Um, it, for me, it was very big because it was uh, a coming out in my own area and letting my name mm-hmm. be known. And I mean, I've always been shown my face, and uh, I practice what I preach. I talk about it, and I, I don't hide and. But it was very big because it was, you know, something that my mom could have seen or friends of hers or the people from the church. And um, so the interview with the Atlanta Journal Constitution was very important for me. Uh, there was another person. Um, I do know him. He's a friend of a, f- a friend and a brother of a friend. And uh, he spoke very good in it as well, uh, the information. Our, our point mm-hmm. was to get the information out there, the awareness, to let people know that this cult operates in so many communities, you know, so that was our point was to let them know uh, what happens, how things are hidden, uh, the dangers of, you know, being in the cold, uh, things like that. And the documentary itself, um, I, myself was not in it, uh, but uh, very close friends of mine uh, were in it, uh, the victims, survivors, lawyers, 
uh, people that worked on this case. Uh, it is called Unveiled is the, the name of the documentary. It's a three-part documentary on HBO Max, and it is mm-hmm. about the cults. It is called The Light of the World, La Luz del Mundo in Spanish, but it is The Light of the World is the name of the cult. And Bill, I'm, I'm not sure if he saw anything uh, on the news because I, I'm telling you, it's the case, the trial happened in Los Angeles. So it's in L.A. County. Mm-hmm. Um, the the self-proclaimed apostle's name is uh, Nason or Nason Garcia uh, Joaquin, mm-hmm. uh, and that is his name. And a lot of people uh, don't realize that this cult operates in almost every neighborhood, and that they are very su- in support of a convicted uh, child uh, sex you know offender. Um, and so th- it was very important you know to to raise the awareness on this and it's still out there and, and people in different states, survivors in different states are doing their part, whether it's putting it in the media, you know, just letting the community know um, that these people are still operating like business and there are still, you know, kids that can become victims and uh, women, children that can still, and men that can become victims. And we just want to put that awareness out there that, you know, first of all, you don't recognize you're in a cult when you've been brainwashed. Um, and then because it's their faith, they don't know, you know, anything else. And if they go against it, you know, oh, they're going to hell and this and that. But um, our our point is just to put the awareness out there uh, that, you know, this is a cult. This is what's happening. There's still more charges or more cases pending. There's a civil lawsuit. Uh, there's many civil lawsuits. There's a FBI investigation in this. But, you know, it's it's just a matter of people opening their eyes and actually wanting to help and be a part of the change or at least help the victims and survivors and not victim shame, you know. This cult is uh-huh. so dangerous, they actually put people in danger. They threaten the survivors. They threaten people that have come out. So for a lot of us, you know, that show our faces, I'm okay with uh-huh. it. I think I'm, if anything were to happen to me, we know it's them, just like any of the other survivors that come out. Um, yeah. It's hate crimes mm-hmm. that they're doing to try to quiet people. So I think mm-hmm. it's really important just putting the awareness out there. And like you said, I don't think people change, especially these sick people. Um, I don't think that good behavior warrants them to get out. I don't think that they are – it's not valid for me. I don't believe that at all. Um, my abuser, my own abuser, he uh, went on to abuse other children um, that I knew of after my situation because they didn't do anything mm-hmm. to him. He got married, and he ended up, you know, raping and abusing his wife, his own daughters, um, mm-hmm. and daughters of, of another close friend of his, which is which was also a pedophile and an abuser. Mm-hmm. They were um, pretty much, like, sharing daughters. And I felt so upset because I was like, if this would have gotten taken care of when I was younger, this man and this other man would never have gone on to uh, hurt any more, any more people. And that is something that I carried for a very long time that I felt, you know, as a child I felt responsible for it. Now that I'm an adult, now that I know better, I know it wasn't my fault and it wasn't my responsibility to put him mm-hmm. in jail or to put the others in jail. That was the people that hit it, which is, the, you know, there was the bishops in the church, the people in charge, the pastors, all that, and and the people that enable these things to happen instead of protecting their uh, the people that go to church or their community. I think it's very important, you know, we're not saying 
you know, faith is bad and religion is bad. No, protect your community. Make sure you give them the voice that they need, give them the resources to understand if something happens or mm-hmm. what's happening. I think it's so important. So that, that is my, my point, and that's what I do. I, I try to advocate for that right now. I'm working uh, with a dear friend of mine here in the state of Georgia. Uh, she's with the Human um, task, uh, Trafficking Task Force because they have mm-hmm. uh, some charges of that, the cult as well. But I want to be able to reach out to other people where it's not just the cult, my personal, the one that I experienced, but anybody uh-huh. experiencing abuse from a cult or anybody just ex- uh, experiencing abuse, um, whether it's any type, sexual, physical, mental, emotional, anything, um, just to get that out there, to, you know, that there's help, they're not alone, and they don't have to do this by themselves, and, and they're not at fault. I think always the first main thing is it's not your fault. You didn't deserve That's it. Right. You didn't do anything wrong, and, you know, there are people that will help you. And, you know, too, also, um, so many of us were so young, you know, yeah. when it started. Well, at first it was domestic violence with guns all over the place that I had to look at, mm-hmm. blood flying. No. And, uh, but the sexual abuse started when I was six. Now, we were just kids. I keep yes. telling, I keep emphasizing that we were kids. Yes. How do we know what is right and what is wrong? I had such a stupid father. Okay, speaking about fathers, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure he was my father. Ancestry tells me wrong, uh, that that's mm-hmm. wrong, and I'm you know what? I'm glad because when I was eight years old in New York, living in there, eight, nine, ten, eleven, um, he actually had the nerve to say to me. What did you do to that poor man? Did you lure him? What are you nuts? Oh wow! Oh wow! I had been kidnapped and raped, brought back. Cops oh, were there because I'd gone too long, right? And right. then they got so mad at him. There's this one cop now. These are the police of the old days. I'm a lot older than you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this is what they did. This is cool, and this is what they should do. They mm-hmm. told, this one cop went over to him and said, how dare you? This is your daughter. I'm standing there, blood mm-hmm. dripping down my leg, and, and my dress all torn. And um, he put a handcuff on my father's wrist and handcuffed him to his own steering wheel. It's still warm out. It's in September, wow. but it's still warm out. Yeah. And uh, I, my, I was told to go in the house and take a shower because, you see, in those days, Oh, they didn't no. do with kids who were, you know, raped. That's what you did. You didn't go to the hospital or whatever. Oh, no. Maybe I should have yeah. gone to the hospital, but no one said anything about that. I just went in, took a shower, and oh. uh, later on, my mother. Speaking of mother, she threw me a jar of Vaseline and told and, threw, and a bottle of aspirin and told me to take one of these every five hours. I think she said. Oh, I, great! I, I'm, I'm a big person's aspirin. All right, not a, no. not a kid aspirin. So that's the way I was treated. And you see, it, it makes, you know, I had a CPS worker because, you see, those cops were dumb. All of a sudden, I'm CPS glad. showed up, and this was a good worker. And mm-hmm. she sat me down on the bed in my bedroom. I had two bedrooms. My brother had two bedrooms. We had, it was a it was a mansion, okay? They were wealthy people. But anyway, so I'm sitting on the bed. This lady comes in. She made me this robe. For that, she had my mother in the room. Okay, she wanted to see if I was getting beaten. She right. didn't like my parents, so if you want to call them that. My uh, mother and stepfather, yeah. my mother remarried. Um, so anyway, I didn't have any bruising on me. 
And uh, so she had me put my clothes back on. But she sat me down in the bed, and she said, listen here, little girl. And then she called me Carol. She said, listen, this was never, ever your fault. Oh, thank goodness. Because I'm sure that, you know, the cop told her what my father said to me, my so-called father. Oh, man. (laughs) Okay. Right. Really, really. So, you see, I'm sure there's a lot of other kids out there that get treated the same way. Uh, yeah. They have shame. They feel blame. Uh, yeah. Maybe they could have done something different, whatever the case mm-hmm. might be, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's why I always really, really say really hard, it was never, ever your fault because you were yeah. just a kid. You were yeah. just a kid. Couldn't even make myself so, food to eat. I was that young, exactly. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, we're almost at the end of the show. Okay, I think okay. we have like oh. seven minutes left. Listen to me. Wow. This is what we do. Number one, you see how fast that went? Yeah. Number one, you were the perfect, perfect person to have on the show. You just simply were. Oh. You made my job very easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you have you have a lot of knowledge, and I like that. You're very smart. I told you this in the beginning. I can pick those Thank things you. up, and you're very smart. And if any time, you know, want to come and sit on the panel, please feel free. You have our telephone number. You know when to call in. I would love to. Thank you so much for that invitation. I will accept it. (laughs) You know, absolutely. And if you ever want to volunteer for, uh, you know, you can always talk to Bill because I know there's always things that we need a little help in. Right. Because we cover so many different areas, okay? Yes. And, um, you know, I know he could use some help, okay? I know this. And I know he's listening, but that's okay. So anyway, <laughs> so we would love to have you as a person who Thank comes you. on the show because you're great, okay? Aww, you're very good. You're, so very, you're very sweet. You're very smart. And and you could help a lot of people. And you have come a long way. Okay. Thank you. Yes, and we're very proud of you, too. Thank yeah. you so much for your kindness. And just your compassion, that means so much. And I would love to be on here on future calls and, and anything. You know, I would definitely uh, take you up on that. Um, just I think uh, my friend, my good friend Stephanie says, she says uh, sometimes it's good to be of service to others. And that makes mm-hmm. you feel good when you're when you're not in a good place. And, and it's absolutely true. Just being of service, and, and that I think is is very important, and I I do appreciate that. Um, I'm just glad. To well, you should contact. I'll have Bill contact you. Hold on a second. Let me. He's. I know he's there. A lot of times he's working on things in the back. I, right. I do the studio, but he's doing other things. So the studio gotcha. can be. Yeah, Bill, are, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, and I am working. What's up? <laughs> All right. Listen, <laughs> listen. She is. Uh, she would like to help volunteer with some things. You know, you you know more oh, than right. I. Uh, yeah. Sure. About what you know, what she could be used for to be helping, helpful for. She's so smart and she's she's so bubbly. I like that. <laughs> Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, and and she could help. I'm sure a lot of people, and she could probably help you with some of the things that you need. Uh, you know, volunteers for. I. You have a sure. better idea than I do with that. Absolutely, so, um, yeah. Maybe, maybe you'd like to, uh, you know, call her or yeah. she's on the contact. All right. Um, okay. Bill, would you Do you have her number? So call her 
Yes, probably tomorrow or something. Yes, I have it, but it's cool. better if, if 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 the person calls me, they're likely to mm-hmm. um, get better service because sometimes I forget. I got so much going on, and okay. I, I don't I mean to forget, but too. I do. Yeah. No, definitely. I'll give you a call. Um, I'll also email you as well, um, and yeah. we'll get together on something and and definitely work together again in the future. And yeah. it was such a pleasure speaking to both of you. I think it was yeah, yeah. an amazing okay. opportunity. Uh, I want to just make sure right Carol, Carol knows yeah. that uh, anybody who's a guest of ours has my email address and phone number actually several times it's been sent to them, so they yeah. always have it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got it. Well, right here on the front of page of NASCA, N-A-A-S-C-A dot org, you'll see an area where it says a contact, a contact list, and mm-hmm. just click onto that, and you have Dr. Nancy first, and you have me. Um, and then, yeah, I think Bill is under them. No, he and I are down at the bottom. That's right. What'd you do that for? But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. But anyway, um, you'll see that he'll see you'll see his uh, telephone number and also his email address right under the awesome. contact list, right on the front page of NASCA. Okay. Okay. And okay. so if you want to email him or if you want to call him, you can okay. certainly do that. And uh, I think it would be a wonderful idea, okay, because um, I think you have, like I said earlier, you have you have a lot to offer, okay? Thank you. I so listen to me, young lady. This um, this show is over. I just got the 90-second cue here. Okay. So um, <laughs> it's a pleasure meeting you over the phone, okay? Likewise. Likewise. And, yeah. We got along very well, and what a story you had yes. to share. You have, you know, you. It's, well, we're like that here. We're very easygoing. We are. We're very yeah. easygoing. I like that. Yeah. It was a very comfortable atmosphere, so thank you for the welcoming. No, that's the way we are. And no one's better than anybody else, okay? There's none of that going on. I, won't, I wouldn't <laughs> stand for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wouldn't. Sure. But anyway, so, okay, call Bill, you know, maybe tomorrow, okay. next day, whenever you're free, whatever. Yeah. It's almost Christmas, good grief. Oh, you know, and, and um, I know. So anyway, call him and, and talk to him um, and, and see if there's how you can help him, you know, with the, what he's doing, okay? And and be on the panel anytime you want. You have our number. You know what time, okay? Gotcha. Okay, all right. All right. So thank you for being such a, a, you know, a good guest, and um, we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Thank you. You guys have a great evening. You too, honey. Bye-bye now. Bye. Oops. Bye-bye. Okay. Talk Radio.